that's that's a stat that people should should understand of our veterans are having to leave this country to get effective mental health. Right. And that's in the thousands <laughs> of numbers, which in itself should be very embarrassing for any politician in this country. Hello, it's your host, Kat Walsh, and you're listening to another episode of Trip On This. This podcast is for mature audiences and is not suitable for young children. Trip On This is intended for entertainment purposes only, and we do not condone the use of illegal substances. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Trip On This. I'm with Jesse Gould the president and founder of the Heroic Hearts Project, a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to connecting veterans with PTSD to psychedelic treatments and therapies. During this episode, Jesse gets into his own healing journey around PTSD. He was an army ranger himself who was in combat and ultimately needed to pull out the big guns, aka go down to the jungles and sit with ayahuasca. That experience changed his life and he went on to create the Heroic Hearts Project and talks all about it on this episode. I definitely highly recommend it. If you are a veteran or know a veteran in your family or friends, definitely take a listen because there might be something there for you. A few things before the episode begins. If you're not following me on socials, you know what to do. All of the links are in the copy, so I'll link it all there. And of course, if you're liking this and you want to help your girl grow it, share it out, share it, like it, subscribe, all the things. I know you guys always hear me say it, but that is really the ticket. It's how it grows. So thank you all so much again. And with that, please welcome my next guest, Jesse Gould. Jesse Gould, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to Trip On This. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this conversation and thanks for your flexibility. This has been a few weeks and or even more in the making. So I, I so always say divine time. It was perfect today. It's a Friday. I always like love to record on Fridays because I'm just like, yeah, I talk to some great people and then go to the beach or something and do something awesome. So why don't we start with, this is going to be an important conversation, I think, for a lot of people to hear because the work you're doing is so important. I've had a couple of veterans already on my show, and as someone who is now leading an organization, getting veterans psychedelic help, this isn't going to be a good one for those, even for if you've got a vet in your family that's like needing help, you're a potential resource. So before we jump into what Heroic Hearts is, though, why don't we start with you? Can you give us a little bit about your background and what called you into the psychedelic space? Yeah, so I kind of have a diverse background. I was originally in finance. I ended up joining the military. Um, I was an Army Ranger, so it's a special operations unit in the Army, and a non-commissioned officer, so in charge of junior rangers, um, both training and then overseas. Uh, through my military career, I um, I deployed to Afghanistan in combat environments three times. And, um, you know, like I said, I was in charge of people, uh, junior Rangers. When I got out, went back into finance, you know, I was ready to hit the ground running, uh, had this finance degree, had the army Ranger background. Uh, but like everybody else, you know, I, I was human and just started 
having issues with my, my own mental health. And mm -hmm. as much as I tried to ignore it or suppress it, uh, you know, drink it away, um, it just kept flaring up. And mm -hmm. especially internally, things just got worse and worse. So I was able to hold it together superficially. You know, I'm mm -hmm. sure a lot of people wouldn't know anything was going on. But I was just in this miserable spot, you know, more days than not, I was just unhappy and or life was just bland. And so I tried to figure it out, you know, I was like, what's going on with me? You know, um, I got, I was diagnosed with PTSD, but the, even that didn't help, you know, it was like, okay, what does that mean? Yeah, right, how's, right. That, how's that help me? Yeah. And the VA, when I went there is just pretty much a fast track to, you know, whatever medication there was no beyond that. It, yeah. it was really sort of a program to maintain what I have, not get over what I had. And so it was just in the situation of like the professionals came and helped me, like, what do I do? And I'm not just going to like sit quietly and just have PTSD for the next 70 years. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what started this chapter of my life where fortunately on a, on a podcast heard about somebody's ayahuasca experience. Um, you know, I kind of heard about it here and there, but that was sort of the first in depth. When I first heard about that, you know, I kind of had the same reaction as anybody of like, that's cool, but how does that help? Or it just seemed like another yeah. like trip report, another person's drug experience. I had no, I had no interest in psychedelics and I didn't see how that could help. But for whatever reason that planted the seed and, you know, just as, as my life, I was, as I was more miserable in my life, I kind of here and there looked into ayahuasca and just saw these other stories of people being really helped. And I was, I was just at that point of like, whatever I was doing then was not working yeah. and there was nothing really worth saving in terms of my job and in have relationship, you know, none of it was like bringing me satisfaction or joy or purpose. And I was like, all right, well, let's change the script. There's this ayahuasca. I have no idea what it yeah. is, but let's give it a shot. And so then, uh, that's kind of what led to, to this part. I went there and, uh, just, uh, you know, became a, a true believer, I guess it was, it was very yeah. challenging, but yeah. It's so interesting to hear that too. And I, I thank you so much for that background. And, you know, I always like to say trip on this is a storytelling podcast first and foremost yeah. about that experience because of exactly what you experienced, which is you don't know who or why, or in what moment one person's story could be the aha for you to go. Well, it, honestly, my ayahuasca journey was a little bit of that too, not from a place of PTSD, but from just a place of like, I don't know what to do with my life. Like I'm, I'm in a crisis of like, is this it kind of vibe? And I kind of went there also a little bit on my, like pulling out the big guns, you know, like kind of on my hands and knees, like, I don't know what else to do. So I guess we're going to try this right. and had the same experience, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's definitely, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. Like for better, for worse, you never know how, what you hear there. Somebody's experience is going to change you just because if you knew me beforehand or like even looking back, I, I would have been fine never doing a psychedelic in my life. You know, mm. I kind of had this view of myself that I didn't really do drugs. I didn't need it. Um, especially like psychedelics or some fear, some just like, what, what's that going to do for me? Right. Um, and so to go from that point to just like full on deep into, into the jungle, right. it's an interesting <laughs> uh, transformation. Um, yeah. But that, and I think it was just, you know, fortunately I've had always had a pretty strong like intuition that guides me. And for whatever reason, I was just like, Hey, you need to do this. Yeah. Uh, coming from a person that, that never had interests, but 
it was also, a- I'm, I'm happy too, just because where my life was going, I was just drinking far too much. I was just thinking, you know, putting myself in sit- bad situations. It would have ended up badly. You yeah. Know? Yeah. 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 Your higher self was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to guide you to something that you thought you would never do. And, and, and I think that's the other thing about these types of conversations is helping to let go of the stereotypes and the stigmas. And um, especially because if you think about, you know, like really where the psychedelic culture started, which was very connected with Vietnam. So it's like, now you have veterans, right? Like there's just like an interesting, was a divide at that time. And now it's, right. it's such like a beautiful merger to like, be like, actually this is for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So once you did ayahuasca and you're like, holy shit, right? When were you then called to say other people need to know about this? Not just other people, other veterans like myself, not only need to know about this, but they need to have access to this. Yeah. So, you know, when I went there, I, I essentially bought a one-way ticket to Peru. I, I left my job. I packed up all my stuff, put in storage just like I said, like whatever I was doing was just not working. So I was like, all right, let's, let's flip the script a little bit. And so the ayahuasca was very challenging, um, but it was almost immediately clear that something had changed in my brain and just like, I was still who I was, but less burdened. I was less, um, you know, subject to sort of the weird fluctuations that I had before in terms of mood and personality and all this mm-hmm. other kind of stuff. Um, and so it was, there's more clarity there. And for a while I was just traveling around Peru, Colombia, uh, just trying to figure out what just happened. Right. It was, yeah. it was sort of my own like integration process, but at the same time, there really wasn't support. You know, a lot of the retreats, you just go there and then you're, you're on your own there. There, mm-hmm. this wasn't that long ago, 2017, but a lot has developed since then. There really oh, yeah. wasn't talk about integration or the aftercare, um, and so I kind of had to figure that out on my own, you know, stumbled here and there and, and probably would have changed stuff. Uh, but for the most part, really um, started living a better life. And it was less so of an idea to start Heroic Hearts Project, more almost an obligation where coming from the veteran community at that point already had double digit people that I served with that had taken their own life, you know, wow. on unfortunately it wasn't an uh, unusual story and at the same time i had friends that were kind of in the same boat as that i was where if, if they weren't there they, they were actively destroying their life or just living unhealthy lives and you know i knew just from being in that community that this wasn't a discussion there really wasn't talk about psychedelics then and there really wasn't any other organ better led organization that was bringing this topic up discussing educating and so it kind of became the sort of thing of like, hey, I, I wish more of my friends knew about this. Um, but I also had that ability of like, this is something I could possibly create. And given my background and various things, it was like, okay, I, I can make this successful. And so that's kind of where the obligation is, you know, I, I knew something I could help and I had the power to make that worthwhile. And so I was like, all right, well, I guess. Yeah, I have to yeah, do yeah, this, yeah. You know? That's so interesting really, though, because that's the divine, like that when you look at like the, the tapestry of your life, right. You were saying that you had a finance background, right. And then it, yeah. then you wouldn't. So literally as somebody who's like raising money for like, you know, donations and was also a veteran, like every, every bit of your life experience became what feels like your dharma in this life. The thing that you came here to do and like help 
be of service. So it's just wild when you actually like look back and be like, dang, I needed every moment so that I was perfectly equipped to know how to do this. Yeah, absolutely. And if I was writing my own book, I would never would have said like, you're going to be running a nonprofit and a nonprofit around psychedelics. Like, I right. like you're crazy. <laughs> you know, like I was in the same boat as everybody else. Like I want, I was interested in starting a business, but one that would be for profit and for sure. <laughs> make me money. <laughs> not, not that, but yeah. you know, we, we have to, it's also one of those lessons in you have to kind of listen to the universe around you of like, we can try as much as we want to go into this lane, but if the river's flowing this way, that's kind of where you have to go. And so it was one of those situations where I was like, okay, well, let me, let me at least start the small of, you know, I have the Ranger community and, and I don't know how to start a nonprofit. So it really just started with research, reaching out to buddies of like, Hey, I just did this. Is this crazy? And they're like, well, yeah, but if you say it works then why right. not? Yeah, yeah. The veteran community tends to be very like, you know, you don't always get to pick the tools you have, but if the tool is, you, you kind of have to adapt to the situation. And if that tool is effective, then why not? You know, yeah. and that's sort of the same situation of like, maybe psychedelics might not be their, their main go-to, but if nothing else is working, then they, why not use it? Right. I'm finding that and, too. In my conversations, all of them like, you know what? All right. I mean, I guess like, there's not like, I mean, maybe it'll work, but a willingness is what I'm hearing from yeah. now. My actually a few, not even on the show. I've now, I've actually had a lot of veterans in my life recently and all of them are kind of of that, like, I guess it'll work. And then it actually is working. Yeah. And so I started it and it just took a life of its own, you know, from there, it's just been, I've, I've had to put my heart and soul into it. It's been an uphill battle, but it also is a, a force onto its own. You know, it's its own life force uh, to where, you know, I started it, put it out there within a month, got funding to send our first veteran retreat of uh, five individuals, which is amazing. Um, just met the right people at the right time. And, you know, in the psychedelic space, that's, everybody knows that like if you open yourself up not to get too woo woo but it, 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 there is this thing where if you're on that path then the right people come at the right time and mm -hmm. that's exactly what happened just i was living in medellin colombia and oddly enough you know two people who have been pretty instrumental in in the, the foundation the, the starting of it were right there right you know without me even pursuing yeah. it and then again you have like these dry spells where you're just like why isn't anything moving but then the right person comes or the yeah. right thing happens. And so definitely been, been a hard struggle. It's again, it's a nonprofit. This was 2017. Um, and so the psychedelic space really hadn't taken off at that point. And so it was just me cold calling organizations, foundations, and, and trying yeah. to explain like, Hey, I'm sending veterans to psychedelics, right? And, which is a hard conversation to breach just because now it's easier. It's still tricky, totally. but it's easier because we have Johns Hopkins, we have all this research, we have all this other kind of stuff that, that, but even at that time, it was just the cold call of all cold calls. Totally. <laughs> so they're like, totally. They're like what? You want us to do what? Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like 2020 was such a giant boom in psychedelics and maybe that's because of the pandemic or the uptick, whatever it was, but I feel like it just exploded where it was everywhere. Yeah. It started becoming on mainstream. You got it on New York times and Newsweek and yeah, yeah, it must be. So has there been, when you're doing cold calls now, is it less cold? <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting now. And I like 2019 was, was a very pivotal year for psychedelics because a lot of mm -hmm. things happened. So one, Michael Pollan's book, How yep. to Change Your Mind, came out. 
So that really brought it to sort of the main, like the, the average person, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the more, the, the, I think that was the year John Hopkins formed their like psychedelic center around that time. Mm-hmm. So John Hopkins being a big name. And then in addition, MAPS started getting more attention in terms of like the breakthrough therapies and MDMA success and all that. So there's just a lot of things that happened that really started to validate this yeah. as well as people coming in, money coming in, you know, like um, organizations getting funding. And so it was, it was it, there is sort of a big shift before and then afterwards where all these people and um, new concepts started coming in. Um, and so it's interesting now because in terms of the calls, like I'll call the same people that I called before and before, you know, like some veteran organization or like wounded warrior, I remember like reaching out an email and them being like, what, what are you doing? This? Uh, <laughs> yeah. no. And then calling them now and they're like, Oh yeah, we're tracking, we're tracking that. Like we're, we have our eye on that. <laughs> and it's cool. like, okay, well it's cool. You know, yeah. that, that it's changing. Yeah. Um, and, and it's the same sort of thing. Like at this point, heroic hearts has, uh, April was our, our five-year anniversary. Wow. Um, and so like we have a track record, we have uh, a lot of respect in both the veteran community and psychedelic community. We've worked with, you know, n- number of vets. And so we're also in that mature spot where it's hard as a beginning nonprofit or beginning business because you haven't really um, proven yourself yet. Oh, right, so right, right, I right. think both, both kind of came at that same uh, time frame, which is, which is a nice spot to be yeah. at. We're finally getting into that flow. Yeah. So for, for people that are brand new to Heroic Hearts, can you just tell us like, what, what exactly are you doing now? Like what, what's the mission? What are you, what is the organization doing kind of like very much on the ground? What psychedelics are you working with? Kind of just let us Yeah. now, what are you guys up to? Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, the, the reason behind it was when I went to this uh, you know, I did research and, and all that kind of stuff, but there really wasn't support system and there really wasn't education. It was kind of me stumbling, figuring out Google searching, like how to ayahuasca. Yeah. Um, and so the point of Hero Cards was to educate, to start this discussion in the veteran community mm-hmm. and then also facilitate. So help others who are in the same boat um, access these if they so determine. Uh, that, that that was right for them. And so that's the program we've created um, in terms of Heroic Hearts, where now a veteran comes to us, um, they fill out our application, we do an intake process. So, you know, we're not prescribers, we're not medical people, but we can do like harm reduction. Right. So all the people, all the veterans that are coming to us are already inclined, they've heard about it, they're really interested in doing psychedelics. And that's where we come in, right? Mm-hmm. Of making sure it's safe for them. So what medications are on, or are there any okay. health considerations? Um, like, again, we're not doctors, but it's like, hey, if you're on this SSRI, please don't pursue ayahuasca. Right. That's, that's right. not going to be a good thing. So we do that. And then for our program, if we determine that they, they fit along with what we're looking for, uh, where they're at in their own healing journey, then we start, um, we, we, we bring them in, we give them the green light. And our program starts about four to six weeks uh, before the actual event. We do a preparation and a pre-integration sort of phase. So mm-hmm. each veteran gets matched up with a one-on-one coach who's another veteran who has gone through the program and also has gone through a coaching program. So that's their way of giving back. Yeah. We do group sessions beforehand, and then we uh, train them in sort of mindfulness, breath work, uh, meditation, all that kind of stuff leading up to it. Wow. Uh, and the lead up, you know, talk about diet, talk about like, how do you get your mind in the right frame? How do you form intentions? 
so then that by the time they're they're going to the retreat uh they're 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 in that mind frame. They're, they're ready. They're, they're going to hit the ground running. The retreat centers we use, we vetted. Uh, we make sure that they have certain protocols aligned with what we're doing in different countries. And then the aftercare phase where that veteran continues mm. to get one-on-one coaching, the group coaching, the group um, uh, session dynamic, and then community building of how can we, how can we connect them to other members um, in, in, in the veteran space that talk about this? Yep. Um, and so that's sort of the, the the broad program. So, you know, hopefully by the time they go through that, one, it's not just focused that the psychedelics can magically cure them. Yeah. They understand that it takes a lot of work yeah. and they understand some tools like breath work and mindfulness that can help them really utilize the power of the psychedelic to change and enhance their life. What a, what and then a also reconnect program. them. Yeah. What a, what a wonderful program. What's some of the criteria for uh, a veteran being chosen? I know you said... I'm, I don't have the exact words. It's something along the lines of like where they're at in their healing journey. Does that mean that they're making steps in their own healing journey process? Like what, what are some of those, there's obviously a lot of veterans that could, that could use the help. So like, what are you guys looking for uh, with candidates? Right. So, I mean, there's, there's no like one size fits all answer. And I think that's how it should be is one, we're trying to get out of how the mental health system works right now, where mm-hmm. it's like you have this very specific concept of depression and this is your protocol, this is your medication um, and check back in in a month. Right. What we, you know, depression should be, and like PTSD, they're, they're kind of more guideposts of like, we know you have these symptoms, but that can come from all sorts of stuff, especially with veterans. We're finding out more that even um, head trauma can make PTSD symptoms worse or can lead to depression on its own. It can lead to suicide ideation. So what's going on with a veteran, like where they're at, like what's their diet, like what's their support okay. network, what, you know, what, what, what gives them purpose? All these things should factor in because if we just change one, if we just put them on this and the rest don't change, then it's very unlikely that they're actually going to get better. Right. Yeah. Like it, it needs to be more holistic. Yeah. So the ideal candidate one, uh, we have a better sense of it. Um, we prefer veterans that have tried other therapies, modalities, whatever it is, yeah. mindfulness, yoga, because that shows us that they're willing to put in the work that shows us that they're not going towards this like instant gratification kind of model. Uh-huh. And they're much more likely to take uh, the, the rare opportunity that a psychedelic pre- presents. Yes. Um, obviously, they have to be sort of they have to be relatively healthy, you know, no history of, of um Mental, major mental health issues, yeah. heart conditions, what medications are on, all those kind of stuff factors in. We prefer people with a good support network, again, that just helps what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, because we are essentially building our own infrastructure, all of these veterans have fallen through the VA cracks, we have to be conscientious and cautious where we are. So yes. we have to, the, the veteran has to be relatively like stable. You know, somebody's yeah. like, actively suicidal or on the hard end of the PTSD spectrum. Unfortunately, the system's just not there to help those individuals right now because psychedelics can be good. They can shake up the system in a healthy way where if somebody's already very unstable then a powerful hallucinogenic is probably not the the right next step. Yeah. You don't know where it can go. It could be great or it could be the thing that sets them. So it's not, yeah. And the last thing we want to do is cause more harm. And so that's, as we, get more advanced and as we get more funding that's kind of where we want to keep leaning towards because you mentioned or you asked what psychedelics do we use 
the core of our program has always been ayahuasca and will continue to be. I just, I find it uh, particularly effective for uh, this sort of trauma work. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's so many different substances and they all have like amazing properties that can work at different times in a person's healing journey. Um, And so that's, that's kind of where our minds are going of like, it's not just one size fits all, like psilocybin is only going to be used for depression. It's again, where the person's at and teaching them to have relationships and understanding and using these substances to better empower themselves Mm -hmm. so that they don't need substances so that they can process trauma healthily. So we've, we've worked with all sorts of psychedelics and just kind of figure out where the person's at. So to give an example, somebody who might be actively suicidal or, or relatively unstable or on certain medications, maybe a ketamine assisted psychotherapy is the better first step for them right. because then they're going more into a clinical model. They'll have trained professionals there. Mm-hmm. The properties of ketamine can be used with certain medications it has for a lot of people more of an instant sort of antidepressive effect. Yeah. Uh, so that might be a better step to get them on this more stable platform, possibly off medications. And then down the line, maybe if they get, they make some, some good um, steps, maybe ayahuasca or an yeah. game might be a, a good fit down the line, yep. but you know, we'll, we'll figure that out as we get there. So that's sort of the idea. That's where our heads are at. Of yeah, how do great. we have a better understanding of this whole path of where they're at. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that you're not doing a one size fits all model and that that's the beauty that there are different psychedelics that do different things. And like you're mentioning, even certain, you know, heart conditions or, or medications, it's a great point where you're like, this might just not be on the table for you, but you know, don't worry. There could be other things. Um, how has the, you know, I don't know if you guys have any like stats or data, but like, how are the veterans coming out of your programs? Like, how are they doing? What's the, what's the effective rate that you're seeing? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we've, we've been working with different universities and, and to study this. So we have the, the more quantifiable numbers behind there. And so we have the combination of the, the anecdotal. And sure. for people who are interested, they can go to our website. There's a blog and we do a monthly veteran voices and it has the, the veterans tell their effects in their own, in okay. their own voice or, or through an interview. And so that's a good way to kind of see the actual results of this. Yep. Um, so on the, the clinical side, um, for instance, our study with University of Georgia uh, showed a significant, statistically significant reduction in neuroticism across the board for the, the veterans, which is actually a pretty big indication of, of neuroticism, that metric. Uh, can lead to some of these other uh, issues like anxiety and stuff like that. Sure. So on a provable metric, that, that that's the case. Yeah. On the anecdotal side, what we see is is across the board uh, in the, the mid to high 90% is that the veterans that, um, view their experience as benefiting their life in some capacity. So right. across the board, the, the, the veterans that, that come through this uh, get some sort of tool that helps them with their trauma or helps them process mm-hmm. or, you know, on the, on the small side, it just kind of gives them like another tool on the, the bigger side. It completely changes their life. It completely re-empowers them, reinvigorates them to, to take life by the horns and, and, and continue to go. So we've seen it where they come back to their family, like they, they really, re-engage with their their spouse or their kids and it completely changes as a whole family dynamic so there there have there are these 
cases and there's a lot of them where it's just this huge transformation that's what you yeah. love to see yeah and on the like i said on the other side sometimes it just doesn't impact them as as much maybe they're just not there yet or maybe it takes a while for it to, to grow yeah. but it's still on the positive side got it and yeah, so yeah. that's that's the beauty of this is that we especially with the preparation uh with using the right protocols we've really found like um really no negative uh, from it yeah. as long as you choose, find the right candidates and just tremendous potential for for positive That's and incredible. you know I don't, I don't want anybody to mistake like this is not I'm not saying 100% that this is a guarantee that it's going to be beneficial and, and change your life there are absolutely cases where um, people you know come away from it and brings up a lot of stuff and, and all these other cases so you do want to be cautious I don't want to yeah. be like overly optimistic what yeah. I, am, I am saying is if if it's the right candidate and they do the right preparation, um, then you just have a huge potential for, for changing their life in a positive yeah, way. Yeah, and integrating it and like like you guys are doing, setting up the right steps. Because like you said, you had a very challenging experience and probably, thankfully, you had that time in Peru and Costa Rica to sort it out for yourself. A lot of people won't ha- wouldn't have that though, right? So they would get like right. thrust back into their the busyness of life out here, you know, especially if they're in the U.S. or like just like another busy city. And if you haven't had a moment to like digest what has come up, then, you know, you don't want to like add on to the neuroses, but yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like something this powerful and we're dealing with the mind and also what you were talking about with anecdotal stuff. I mean, that's really, I mean, we are talking about like, how do you feel, right? Like, how do you like quantifiably tell me? I mean, I guess you can look at like some things, but it's the same thing with love. You know, like there's no, you don't, you can't just like scientifically prove love. You just know yeah. it because like, okay, so there's some, there's, you know, your oxytocin might go up and this and that, but you're like, no, no, I just, I'm in love because I'm telling you. That's the only reason that you know. So it's like, I would imagine the same thing when it comes to, to stats. What's your, yeah, it's, it's, it's sorry, tricky. It's, it's, no, it's, it's necessary, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the way the medical model works and we yeah. need to have the statistics and we want to push forward our understanding and it, but the like you like what you're saying um emotions are are they're, they're not static right yeah and the the way we capture it with the with these surveys they're great and they can tell us but it's also limited and so there's a lot yeah. of surveys that we use it's like okay well this person doesn't technically have ptsd but maybe they're still super unhappy you know yeah. right so right um, we just need to expand it more and, and find better ways of, of measuring that. Yeah, it's going to be, that's going to be definitely the journey in itself is just creating like new containers for something, something like this, especially just the, yeah, all the medical models and whatnot. And I had somebody on my podcast just talking about like, how do you measure consciousness? Like we don't even have an idea of like, we don't know what that is yet. Like we don't understand it. So it's like, there's so much for us to learn, let alone like, you know, pairing the bigger idea of like, what is consciousness? How is it affecting? How's a, how's a plant having these mystical experiences and people are healing from it? Like there are so many unknowns with this territory. And I mean, for me, that's what makes it exciting because I definitely, (laughs) the mystical aspect for me has been where some of my greatest healing has come. So like, I'm very, um, yeah, like I, I definitely lean that way in terms of like there's there's some special sauce. The woo-woo side, if you will, like you said, is definitely is has been 
for, for me at least, the, probably the, the biggest source of healing when it comes to psychedelics. On yeah. top of then mega self-awareness. That's what it's really brought up. And a, a, a whole new level of awareness that I did not have before. And once you have awareness, you get to make different choices. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the, the factors that we see more across the board than anything else is after the major psychedelic experience, people tend to have a better ability to almost see their lives or their patterns in a third person perspective or like almost like a satellite. And that's really beneficial because whereas before when these strong emotions would come up like anger or anxiety or, or even these patterns that we get into that we, we, it's hard for us to see when they're happening. It gives them that pause to where they can see of like, Oh, this is the same thing I've been doing, or this mm -hmm. is, if I keep going down this path, I'm just going to get angrier and angrier. And that pause and that ability to kind of see yourself outside of yourself yeah. is a huge tool because it allows us to like maybe sidestep or allows us to like be more conscientious of what, what we put ourselves in that, that, that might flare these, these, these responses up and yeah. that in itself, like, again, there's no magic or anything like that. There's, there's a lot of techniques that we can use just to every day, you know, work on ourselves and yeah. get a little bit better. And that's a huge one to learn. Yeah, absolutely. What is your vision just for, what would you like to see happen for veterans as it relates to psychedelics? Where would you like to see this go? I think there's a huge opportunity here with, with psychedelics. It's, it's causing us to rethink a lot of models. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also showing certain weaknesses or ways previous models were broken. Mm. And by that, I mean, there's a reason we're right here. There's a reason that heroic hearts needs to exist right now mm -hmm. because the system right now, especially the mental health system has failed these veterans. Right. And if it didn't fail, then there wouldn't be these massive amounts of veterans seeking our help and, and going to different countries. Like that's, that's the stat that people should, should understand of our veterans are having to leave this country to get effective mental health. Right. And that's in the thousands <laughs> of numbers, which in itself should be very embarrassing for any politician in this country. Yeah. And so that indicates something is broken and possibly many things. Mm -hmm. So what my hope is, and I think psychedelics really will bring this in because it's causing us to rethink. It's causing us possibly to pause and like, okay, this isn't working. Why is this working? Yeah. Is, you know, not only provide increased access and increased um, understanding around mental health, mm -hmm. but then also building communities around this because yeah. veteran and outside that's one thing, especially in the Western world, I think we've, um, are severely lacking in is real supportive in-person communities. Obviously mm -hmm. COVID affected that, but I think, you know, the trends of social media and all this kind of stuff, we, we've become more and more isolated and less, um, less concerned about the people in our community and supportive in our community. Like a lot of us don't have outside of our family or, or, um, immediate friend group have that per have the other degrees of acquaintances that you yeah. can kind of lean on or that can check in on you like oh hey something is wrong with jesse like maybe somebody should check in yeah and that's what we need and i think just the inherent nature of psychedelics where you look at ayahuasca you look at psilocybin and it's, it's these are like sacraments that were used by the community or used by healers in the community um and i think they can again herald in new 
degrees of, of people coming together mm-hmm. um, and, and people supporting each other and people healing each other. Because like I said, the, with the mental health side, it's not just one thing or the other. It's not just you take this and you're healed. Yeah. You need support. You need accountability. You need many different things. And I think community is one of those big chunks that's just missing right now. So my hope is that, that this inspires new ways of doing that. Yeah. 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 I love that you also said, uh, healing each other and I'll pair, I'll take it back to even your program, which is you've got veterans going through their own healing. And then as they're part of service, they heal. And that I think is how we're going to be able to share the medicine anyway in communities, whether right. or not people sit is it's like, how are you taking what we're learning? You know, we're, we're, especially if you're having like a big aha moments on an ayahuasca journey, like how are you then bringing that love, that unity, that joy, that whatever it is, new perspective to those around you is I think that next step that's part of, you know, especially because ayahuasca look is a, as an, is an expensive uh, thing, right? It's an expensive journey for a lot of people that probably can't be able to do that. So it's like, okay, if you have the opportunity to do that, how can you share it through yourself? You know, how right. do you share all of the love that you, you that you've learned instead of just being like, yes, I got the secrets to the universe, and then like be, work on a business plan and like tell no one. You know, like <laughs> I don't think ayahuasca would keep t- talking to you anyway if you were on that path, but. I, I just love that the that idea of like this the medicine path also allows us to heal one another. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's the beauty of these modalities too, is it, it inherently brings that up out of you. There's so many people that come from these experiences that just wanna instantly help others or, or share this with others. Sometimes it's to the detriment because then they become like too preachy of like you should do this, you should do right, this. Right, but right. other times it, there is a sincerity there. And we see that with veterans is, you know, I mentioned the the coaches that we have, and these are all veterans that have gone through ours or other programs and just want to give back. And so they're willing to go through this pretty rigorous course to be coaches and then support. And that in fact also helps them out too, because then they, you know, have to be more, um, you know, if you're preaching something, you, you, you kind of have to live, live, live it. to the fullest in, in yourself. Yeah. Uh, but it also helps them see in other people like, oh, I was doing that too. Yes. Maybe that's something I need to reflect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's beautiful with the, the veterans because these are people who are inherently, their, 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 their archetype is service to others, right? That's right. Of course. primary reason that they, they joined the military to, because they fall into that. And when they get out of the military and they go into a sort of a normal business, I think it does create this sort of void in them where before they're serving others and they had this purpose. And then now they're just, you know, doing business models or, or what have you. Yeah. And so being able to come back, even if it's only a portion of their life, and help other veterans, it brings that purpose back and it yeah. brings that fulfillment. So it's this full ecosystem yeah. Yeah. Um, that I really like and I think is absolutely necessary yeah. where it's you we, we've got, again, we've gotten out of this system. And I think that's a, a community thing where it's very individualistic. We do this, we achieve the only ones that benefit are ourselves, our family. In the past, it used to be this mentor apprenticeship. And if you were, if you gained a lot of wisdom, you would then be a mentor to somebody else to pass right. it on. Right. Let's end 
with your own trip down to the jungle real quick. And just, you know, I know you've sat with ayahuasca probably a number of times. Can you talk to us about what was, is there something, was there something uniquely different about this trip that you just went down? Was there an aha moment, a big takeaway for you? What was this, what was the symbol of this last ayahuasca journey? The the one I just came from mm-hmm. or my first one? I was going to say the last one, but if there's something very symbolic you want to say about the first, then let's hear both. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so the last one, so given that this is in, in my life pretty prominently and psychedelics in general, I, I try to sort of separate it. And so I, I will go into ceremony. It's generally nowadays to either bond with the group that's there or um, to test it out. You know, if part of the Heroic Hearts Project is that we vet any spot that we do. So myself or somebody else will actually go through ceremony just to make sure it aligns with what we're doing. And so this last time I was in Peru, um, it was was with a veteran retreat. So I was there facilitating, you know, cleaning buckets and helping out and leading Mm -hmm. integration circles. So it really wasn't focused on me. Um, And so, you know, when I do, when I, I'll generally take a very small amount, but more to bond with a group. Okay. But even even going to this one, I think just in the process, whether that that was part of the ayahuasca or not, was just um, the profound spot was, like I said, it's been about five years since we're doing this. And it was just sort of that memory of when I was first there, you know, kind of nervous, try to like figuring it out to where now just kind of really standing in my own, you know, yeah. like being confident in in this new role that I'm, I'm at. Um, having the, 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 the gratitude that I've been able to, to go there with veterans and that, you know, it's a little bit more streamlined. It's not as <laughs> chaotic as it was. And so that was sort of this profound moment of this one of just living and being, being more embodied in, in who I am and what I'm doing as the leader of, of this organization. And mm-hmm. as one of, one of the members of this community that's helping others uh, yeah. push there. So that was really profound for me. Yeah. What a gift. Yeah. What a gift. Uh, this was such a good conversation. How can people get involved with Heroic Hearts? Are you still taking veterans? How can people sign up? How can people support you? Absolutely. So Heroic Hearts Project is a 501c3, so it's a nonprofit. So we re- absolutely rely on donations and generosity, and it's tax deductible if people mm-hmm. do donate. Our ability to send veterans is completely tied to how much money we come in, we bring in. So mm-hmm. if you have the financial ability or you know somebody, please help us keep uh, keep the gas in the car, so yep. to speak. Uh, our website, heroicheartsproject.org. If you're a veteran and you're looking to uh, go or learn more about our program, there's an application. You can just go vet sign up. There's all the information there. Um, and you know, if you sign up, uh, to the application, then we send out emails when we are offering, uh, the next retreats mm-hmm. for people who just want to help out or be part of the network or community. We have an ambassador program, okay. so you can also go to the website and sign up for that. And we do monthly calls and just give updates and start building this community, uh, veteran and, and other and civilian as well. Um, and other than that, you know, we're on social media, Instagram is the main one, uh, okay. Cards Project. Um, so whatever way, if you want to help or learn more, please, please check us out. 
Awesome. Awesome. I'll be sure to link all of that so people can go and check it out. I hope this inspires many people to look into it. You know, this, this, uh, stuff with the veterans, you know, people that have really experienced seen a lot in this world, you know, anybody who's really dealt with a lot, like what a, what a, what a gift that there is now programs that are making it possible. So thank you so much for the work you guys are doing. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you coming on my show, Jesse. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and, and giving me the platform to speak about this and um, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Awesome. Thank you so much. And for everyone, as always, trip on this. <laughs>